Coming to you from the heart of the Pacific Northwest, with mouths as big as the Columbia River, egos as tall as Mount Rainier, smooth as the drive from Vancouver, B.C. to Portland, Oregon. It's the Northwest Convergence Zone. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Northwest Convergence Zone show. Big D here with you for uh, another week of flim flammery and general nonsense. Sitsical. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be here. We got a great show lined up for you. We got the boys from Donkey Punch Films coming in, and we're going to talk to them about their uh, filming projects and also a special guest, Daniel Blue, from an awesome band, Moto Pony. He's going to come in and talk to us. Big Joe, how you doing, man? Hey, it's going good. I'm back from uh, the uh, other side of the porky pig flu, so uh, <laughs> that feels good. And uh, I was uh, having to sit down because I was standing up. I had my heart over my, or excuse me, my hand over my heart for the state song. Louie Louie. <laughs> Louie Louie. That's Show right. some respect. Well, we were worried about you, man. Last week you had to call in. You were all down with the flu and uh, didn't sound too well. And I saw you during the week. I was You were all peaked and like I thought Joe was on his way out the door. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough. I'm glad I'm over it. Yeah, but, we're glad uh, you're back. I think I'm making a comeback. Double D, how's it going? Oh, I had a pretty good week. I had a little accident. This week, though, I got <laughs> smacked in the face with a two by six. <laughs> he, had a, he got a he got in a fight with a board and lost <laughs> and lost the battle. Oh, you're looking much better today. That yeah. when he showed Dang. up the day it happened, uh, his lip was probably hanging. He could have had a carried in a wheelbarrow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, uh, here's a word of advice: duck. <laughs> well, <laughs> sometimes they're moving faster than you can duck. And back on our sound equipment, we have, of course, Squeeze. Squeeze, welcome back. And uh, Wonder Boy, as always, working the electronics. So it's good to be here. Thanks for uh, checking in. We got, you know, I was looking at the uh, Google Analytics from this week, and we have people checking in from all over the country. It's great. And we want to thank all of you who are coming to our site, downloading. You're the ones who are on iTunes. We appreciate that as well. And Podcast Alley and all over. And uh, we are working on some things behind the scenes to get ourselves out there even more. So stay tuned for that because uh, some big things are in the work and a lot of people are wanting to come on the little old uh, show that could. That's right. We should probably have a state shout out. This week I'd like to make a shout out to Rhode Island. <laughs> We'd like some uh, comments and uh, feedback from you that you're listening. Rhode Island, call in now. Yeah, you can always email us at nwconvergencezone uh, at, uh, at gmail.com. But uh, this week's guest, our first guest coming up, there's a, uh, you know, we all go to movies, and it's a great time for movies. A lot, of, a lot of the big blockbusters came out around Christmas and a lot of good stuff in the theaters, but sometimes you get tired of the Hollywood machine. Yes. You know, just it's the same formula. It's a, that's the way I felt about Avatar. Everyone went crazy on Avatar. I wasn't that thrilled about it. It was a story I've seen a hundred times. The visuals were great, but it just kind of leaves you empty. You want something different. Well, we have a group in town called Donkey Punch films and they right now are doing shorts and they're very funny we just watched the prick <laughs> it was good it is very had, funny had some funny stuff in it and for sure. some funny stuff and uh, the boys stopped in and we had a chat with them here's how it went all right we are in the studio today with lee fleming and lucian flynn and they are behind donkey punch films it's a local film company right here in tacoma and they have been 
working on shorts and putting them into uh, short film festivals and so forth. It's a pleasure to have you guys on the program. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Great. And so, Donkey Punch Films. Tell us about the uh, the inception of this uh, as uh, not your film so much, but just the company. How did it come about? Um, dark comedy, and we got tired of all the. Uh too many happy endings in Hollywood. <laughs> you know, everything turns out pixies and rainbows after an hour and a half. And, you know, life's not always like that. Life's almost never like that. And so we just wanted to do something where uh, the ending was a little bittersweet at best. And so your first project was? The first project was Amplitude. It's about a guy running a pirate radio station out of his grandpa's attic. <laughs> um, finally Sounds realized. familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, could, you could probably relate. And, uh, yeah, he just kind of learns that... Uh, People take him a little more seriously than they thought they were going to, and it doesn't quite work out the way he thought it was going to. So now, Lee, you started out as a, a stand-up comedian, is that correct? Yes. And then from that, was a progression into the filming industry, or were you always interested in it, or how did that come about? Um, actually, originally, like in high school and stuff, we, uh, anytime we got a hold of a camcorder, because they were kind of rare back then, because mm-hmm. um, I'm old. But um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but we always, anytime we had access to a camcorder, we were always messing around doing something. Um, but I still had kind of that sort of uh, mainstream mentality pounded into me that, you know, you finish high school, go to college, and, you know, work for two weeks of vacation and dental insurance and stuff. So I never really pursued it. Um, finally got tired of that and got started in uh, stand-up comedy. Ran into a friend of mine that we worked on some projects with. Um, we're going to try and put a comedy magazine together. And so I wrote a couple short stories for this comedy magazine, and I had no idea if they were funny or not to anybody but me. So um, he'd done some stand-up comedy, and so we kind of rewrote some of my articles as stand-up comedy jokes, and I was just going to do it kind of once or twice, just see if anybody laughed and see what it was like. Um, got up there at my first open mic, first laugh, I got hooked, and next thing you know, I'm like quitting my full-time job so I can go out on the road and try and do it for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, just made some connections, met up with Lucian. Um, some guys that he's been working with and threw some ideas for some film projects around and now focusing a lot more on film and just doing comedy as kind of a hobby. Great. Now, Lucian, how did you get uh, brought into the project and what is your position? <clears throat> well, uh, actually, my production company is called uh, Third Eye Films and that's a, it's a collaboration between me and several other local filmmakers, Ben Andrews, Rodrigo Demetrios, and uh, Will Chase are my partners. But uh, Lee and I hooked up over Craigslist. And we, he had a great script. And he Casual won- encounters. <laughs> Casual encounters. <laughs> he didn't charge, did he? <laughs> That's in a different section. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and he had a great script, and uh, you know, I was looking to direct something, and we just had a really good chemistry, and we worked really well together. And ever since then, it's been history, and we've been working together for about a year and a half now. And your first on. collaboration was... Prick. That was Prick. Prick. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and that's the movie you brought in today, and I'm, yeah. I have not seen the entire thing yet, but I can't wait to see it. And uh, then, did you also do it, uh, it Don't Rain on Sunny Days? I helped out on the project, but they had another director and stuff like that. So. Okay. And, uh, so, uh, take us through the, uh, the progression of a film from inception, like the ideas born, to conception it's got to be a brutal process and it's independent filmmakers you got to come up with you know the funding the equipment the actors and so forth how's that work for you guys well it does start out with the idea and then you sit down you try to hammer out something that you think is a decent script um and then if you think you can get enough people involved based on the quality of the script 
you uh, you know you get some some people uh, to come on your team and you start pre-production, which takes anywhere from a month to three months, depending on how thorough you want to be. Production typically on a short film is anywhere from four to six days at the, at the longest. And then you go into post-production, which is the least fun part of any <laughs> any part of the process, and that's my weakest point. But it's um, very tedious. That's not fun. This is the editing, the cutting, mm-hmm. the clipping, and score, score, all that, all that stuff, stuff. Right? Yeah. And it's really boring and not exciting. <laughs> then you get into this, and you think it's going to be all glamorous and shooting's actually fun, but the pre-production is not fun, and the post-production just sucks. And then now shopping the idea. Now, now you have a film. You have a you you you've got it in the can, as they say. And then you got to get it out there. Uh, what's what's that been like for you guys as local independent filmmakers, trying to get your film to be shown, people to see it? How, how does that work? Mm, right now, festivals. Just trying to get out to as so many names festivals. festivals that that your films have been in. Um, last one, Prick, actually premiered at the um, L.A. Shorts Fest. Um, July really? last year, which we're really excited about. Yeah. It's, it's the, the biggest short yeah. film festival in the world. You guys fly down mm. for that? They made it down there. Yeah. I got hung up at work and couldn't make it. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so, a lot. Yeah, Day job. Great. Day job. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're excited about that one. Played another one down in um, L.A. Um, and then a couple up here, and we're waiting to hear back from a couple more. And so you're, the, the one you're working on now is called First Time for Everything. Yes. What's the, uh, where, where are we at in that progress? Um, script's done, had a couple of rehearsals, have probably two more rehearsals, um, start shooting about the middle of February, and should be just a quick two-day shoot, it's only about a ten-minute script, it's going to go pretty quick, um, come together really good, got really good cast and crew put together, um, getting ready to do a couple fundraisers for it, come up with some money. So, tell us a little, don't give it away, obviously, because we all want to see it, (laughs) but tell us a little bit about... What is First Time for Everything about? Um, first Time for Everything, it's about, uh, we'll say, it's based on a quote-unquote friend of mine who uh, has a conversation one night with uh, with his wife, asks her some questions about her past, just trying to be <laughs> curious, thinking he might find out dangerous something cool. Dangerous thing to do. Very dangerous, as he <laughs> finds out. And uh, First Time for Everything is uh, basically him trying to process the next day his insecurities and... Um, Everything he's feeling regarding some of the things that she's done in the past and that she's more experienced than him. <laughs> Very good. Joe, you got any questions? Uh, well, I was wondering, as you guys are filmmakers and, uh, you know, everybody, uh, it's, in a, it's a pretty much an American art form in a way, and Americans grow up watching films. What's the stuff that, as you guys were coming up, that... Uh, is maybe, you know, you ask somebody, is it influential, your favorite film? But how about, in your opinion, some hidden gems that you've seen that you think people should watch that they might not know about? You know, I always hate that question because people <laughs> ask me what my favorite movie is, and I, I could never come up with an answer. But as far as hidden gems are concerned, I'd say just, you know, get a, watch, watch IFC and the Sundance Channel. Any of these independent films I think are great. They come from a different perspective because mm-hmm. they come out of the Hollywood. They're separate from the Hollywood machine. So they're films that are going to make you think, and they're films that the people that made it really believe in. And when people really believe in something, it tends to be something special. So I just recommend, you know, rent as many independent films as you can. There's, yeah, there's some really great independent stuff out there. I'm into a lot of uh, independent films from, like, the 90s, mid to late 90s. I found some really good stuff. Um, I grew up kind of on, like... Um, Black Adder and Monty Python, Faulty Towers, all that. <laughs> right. So I'm really into like the kind of bantering dialogue, and mm-hmm. um, there's some really good independent films from the 90s out there, like uh, um, 
kicking and screaming, not the Will Ferrell one, um, but the old, <laughs> the old Noah Baumbach one. It's right. just kind of a great ensemble piece, and the dialogue between all the characters is just spot on. Yeah, that's um, the one thing I've noticed about um, independent or even slash uh, some of the European films, which we call mm. independent over here because mm. uh, they play the art, art house theaters. They're yeah. much more dialogue-driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, slice of life is what I call them. There's really mm-hmm. no beginning, no ending, like a Hollywood thing where you right. have the setup, you have mm-hmm. the, the apex, and then the conclusion. Right. Sometimes they ramble. Mm-hmm. And, but that's the beauty of them at the same time. I remember seeing like a My Father's Castle uh, which was a um, French film, and there was a few of those. And um, I would even say David David Byrne, where he did Stop Making Sense, mm, and uh, right. also the uh, what's the one where he was on the road? Um, I can't remember. I can't think of it now. But he he was he did some independent films that were you know out there, but they were so different than the norm mm-hmm. that you were hooked on them. Yeah. And so that's why we appreciate that there are groups, crews like you guys, Donkey Punch Films, who are out there who are giving us an alternative. Right. Because we like Hollywood. It's great. But at mm-hmm. the same time, if you listen to the same song over and over and over, you get bored with it. So exactly. we, we like an alternative. And you guys are out there doing that. And we think that's fantastic. So tell us about uh, Prick. I have not seen this. What This was, this was the, the, your recent one that you had in... Um, some of the festivals and yeah. so forth. What can you tell us about Prick? Um, Prick is a—he's uh, kind of the uh, anti-hero. It was sort of a, kind of a commentary on how we get caught up in other people's lives and kind of worry about what's going to happen to them and you know who's going to get voted off the island or American Idol next. Um, you know, meanwhile, our kids are just vegetating in front of the computer all day because you know parents aren't paying attention to them and all they listen to is uh, you know whatever they want and. I lost my train of thought on that one. <laughs> prick. It's, it's He's a pr- is he a prick? No, he, is, he is a total prick. It's just kind of... Um, Self-centered kind yeah. of? He has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Not, not a single one. <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of the movie is as you're watching it, you're waiting for... Karma. Karma to come back and just, right. you know, never just slap him. And right. Some people just don't ever get that. Some people go through lives actually being complete pricks oh yeah their whole entire exactly. lives yeah, yeah, yeah. from yeah, high school on we know them all yeah. and you wonder how they it's make, like they're blessed how do they even have friends you know how did you make yes. it, how did you make it this far and cause i know a lot of people like that i'm mm-hmm. like i'm wondering i just you shake your head and you're like how do you live how can you live like this and so that's there, there's no redemption in this movie whatsoever not at all not at all and so and so far uh, all of these that we've mentioned uh it, it don't rain on sunny days prick uh the the new one coming up first time for everything these have all been Shorts, correct? Like, yes. what would you define a short? Is that like thirty minutes and under, or how, how's that? What's a short? Um, we try and keep them around like twelve, fifteen minutes, just for festival purposes. But but you have a feature length that you're actually thinking about, or you're you're going to be working on. Is that right? Yeah. This we have, Oed- we Oedipus, have, Oedipus Rex. We have we have it written, and all we're looking for now is about anywhere from five hundred thousand to four million. So if anybody's got any money out there, <laughs> Joe, open your checkbook. Yeah. Anybody wants right. to donate? <laughs> so that's a good question uh, or a good a good topic. The, the the financing. You mentioned you have fundraisers and so forth like that. How how do you, do you just tap into the business community or to the arts community? Are there grants and funds you go after? How, what do you do for the cash? As far as fundraisers go, that's just hitting up our friends. You know, for these these short films, cost anywhere from two to four thousand dollars to do properly. So we just try to do you know some fundraisers, hit our friends up for ten bucks each. You know, if I got a hundred friends, that's a thousand bucks. Do four of them, that's four thousand. That's kind of the idea. Um, but when you get into something like a feature film, it requires quite a bit more money, and you actually have to approach investors, and they'll have to look at it as an investment, and they're going to expect a return on their investment. So it's a completely different approach for a feature film. Um, but there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. You mentioned uh, 
grants, but you have to be a nonprofit to to get those. And you know, we're, the idea is to make money, so we try not to go that route. So uh, obviously, we have a DVD here of Prick. Are these for sale somewhere? Can you can people go and purchase those? Are they on Amazon? Are you guys are they off your website? How can people find your material? Right now, we're waiting. We're still waiting to hear back from uh, two more festivals. And then we'll be done with the festival circuit. Um, and then we're going to check into like some video on demand options, um, great, like through Amazon, uh, IndieFlix, things like that. And IndieFlix is a nice uh, local organization, and it was uh, founded by a couple of Seattle filmmakers just to get distribution for local people like us. And so, if nobody's ever heard of it, I highly recommend checking them out. But until that time, where can people uh, watch your films w- without? obviously going to L.A. <laughs> to the film festival. And I know it was here at the Tacoma Film Festival, um, but are there DVD copies available? Is there a place that people can go and watch these? Um, you can find it on IMDb if you just do uh, put prick in the search bar. Um, and you watch or, the whole thing right there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, perfect. And what about uh, the one I'm interested in is the uh, it, it Don't Rain on Sunny Days. Is that up somewhere? Mm, not so much, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to see that one. Whenever you guys That's, get a copy of that. There's a lot of people that would like to see that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, the but, teaser got me. I was, mm-hmm. I was really intrigued by that one. Um, so if anyway, I had a copy, I'd be more than happy to give you one. Okay, <laughs> great. Well, Donkey Punch Films is the, the name <clears throat> of the company, and Lee Fleming and Lucian Flynn, they are our guests today. And anything else you guys want to tell us about uh, Donkey Punch Films, where you guys are headed, what direction you're in? Are you guys, uh, you guys think you're going to be around for a while? Are you guys solid? Yeah. We're not going anywhere. I mean, we, we love it well, too much, and yeah. we're, we're too stupid to quit. Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and so, do you guys have day jobs or any shout-outs to anywhere you work or anybody you want to say hello to? Um, hi, Mom. <laughs> hi, hi, Lucian's Mom. <laughs> So, when, so I, I wanted to ask you, Lucian, when you speak of the Hollywood machine and you guys are uh, working on your feature film, so you get to that point and, and raise uh, 500 uh, to $4 million, you're ready to be involved in that, uh, that seamy side of uh, filmmaking? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to totally sell out. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> Actually, I'm so, I'm so ready to lose all my friends and move to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> and they know that. They all yeah. know that. So it's not like it's, it's Either that or you raise the cash and you just go to like some <laughs> island somewhere. Yeah. yeah right. I think I'm retiring yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's been known well. to happen, actually. Filmmakers yeah. have done that, taking, yeah. taking yeah. money. And it's, and it's, never, it's, I have had movie. friends in, uh, in the film industry. I, I lived in L.A. for a while. And it is, it's amazing the cash that is floating around. But the trick is latching onto it. Mm-hmm. And uh, best of luck to you guys. Uh, yes. We um, we need it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're impressed <laughs> with the uh, Donkey Punch films, the the stuff you've put out. And like I said, I mean, being for uh, local guys, you guys are out there making your dreams come true. Uh, we really uh, we're behind you. We support that. And anytime you have a project coming up or a film that's going to be shown locally or whatever. Give us a call. We'd love to promote it on our show and talk about it. We have you guys back in. Appreciate uh, that. Appreciate we can that. always Definitely. do it on the Definitely. phone or have you guys uh, stop on in. And uh, folks out there, Doc, Donkey Punch Films, name of the company. Uh, and, sub- third, and Third Eye Films. Yeah. 
Don't what was that punch, again? Don't, talkie Punch Films and Third Eye Films. Third Eye Films, that's right. So yeah. don't forget Third Eye Films. Uh, the, the projects we've been talking about, First Time for Everything, that's the one that's coming up. Uh, also, uh, right now out, they have Prick. It Don't Rain on Sunny Days. Go to IMDb, check those out. You guys, thanks so much for coming in, and uh, we'll be in us. touch down the road. Definitely. Yeah, great meeting you guys. Yeah. Yeah. you guys again. Thanks a lot. It's been a lot of fun. So we want to thank those guys for coming in. That was a good time, and uh, best of luck to those guys. And we uh, we got invited to go down and uh, you know to a shoot to to a shooting. That'd be nice. Wait a minute! Don't not say a, sh- don't say a, a shooting. And not a drive by. Yeah, they said the location was Hilltop. Yeah, I was kind of uh, curious Hilltop. about that. We kid because we laugh. <laughs> but we the big goal is here, and this is the big secret. We're going to get Double D. A cameo. <laughs> yes. We want to see Double D. You know. Oh no! It's, it's, it's Hitchcockian. Do you, are you serious? You do yeah. not know what a cameo is? Yeah, isn't that some kind of a flower? Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a car. A yeah. cameo is... That's a Camaro. I know <laughs> what that is. <laughs> a cameo is where you make an appearance in a film. Right. Oh. So we want to get you on... <laughs> Jeez. We're going to have... Uh, well, let's get you a cameo. Okay, what is that? <laughs> well, I was all for it, but I thought it, you were saying a Camaro or something. <laughs> no, we want to get Double D on there. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? We'll sneak him in there yeah, somehow, we'll watch good. him walk through the background with uh, carrying a hammer or something. <laughs> yeah, some tools. <laughs> Perfect. Well, let's go into this week's birthdays. Yeah, maybe we can have him carry some handcuffs. That'd be beautiful. Yeah. And <laughs> so let's start out with the, of course, birthdays of the living. Yes. Got some good ones this uh, this week. Kind of sports oriented. With yeah, the, uh, that's cool. Because uh, hey, you know, you see these guys around, pat them on the back, and I was inspired by the playoffs. Say congratulations. Well, the first one up, he floats like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Ain't nobody in the world like Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Born uh, on the 17th, 1942. That would make him 68. 68. Hang and in there, Muhammad. Hang in there, Mo. Yeah. Well, hang around a little longer, man. You should do the Cosell. Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Muhammad Down goes Frazier. Ali. And also, uh, another legend in the sporting uh, world. Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas, yeah. Born geez. on the 21st in 1940. He'll be 69. You know, with all the stuff going on with Tiger, Jack's uh, record he, might be safe. I think it is. <laughs> he's like, he's like, man. <laughs> he might be okay for a while. Thank goodness for cheating. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, uh, born in 1949, he's 60 years old, Steve Perry. Steve Perry. Can you 60 years old? I can't believe it. That's a shocker. He still should get back with Journey if they had any brains. He's one of the the best pipes in the business. In he my was opinion. Uh, even when he went solo, it was amazing. Yeah, and you know he was he was the singer for Journey for 15 years, from like I think 78 to 92. 15 best years. Yeah, 15. Their years. only years in my book. Unreal. All right, well, all right, Steve. Well, let's go into birthdays from from beyond. Be beyond. Don't be scared, kids. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, we had a couple uh, independent filmmakers in on the show this yes. week, so I thought I'd go uh, in the film direction. Uh, January 20th, 1920, and this is just a kind of a fun name to say, Federico Fellini. Yes, Fellini. 89 Double years D, can old. you name a Fellini film? I have It's no not idea. a pasta. I've never even One heard of One of his most name. famous films is a number. So, <laughs> take One, a guess. Seven. Uh, <laughs> it actually is a number with a decimal. 
I can't think of any movies. Eight and a half. <laughs> and then also... Eight and a half? Also, if you want to try your Italian, I, I always like Dol- La Dolce Vita, which yeah. is The Crazy Life. Very famous filmmaker. We okay, well, else. happy birthday, Federico. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know who you are. He's an Italian filmmaker. <laughs> was. <laughs> he's the brother of was. Chef... Was. He's the brother of Chef Boyardee. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you've heard of him. Yes, I've heard of him. <laughs> Uh, okay, next up, uh, January 22nd, 1875, another filmmaker, this guy's an American, made a controversial film back in 1915 called Birth of a Nation, D.W. Yes. Griffith, but it was a groundbreaking film, uh, controversial content, deals with uh, the KKK, yeah. but uh, people Bad loved it. <laughs> they lined up for blocks to go see it in 1915. <laughs> it was the Star Wars of 1915. <laughs> Luke, I am your hooded father. <laughs> and last but not least, one of my favorite guys, uh, being a radio guy, I'm sure Daryl's into him too. Oh, uh, January 21st, 1939. <laughs> yeah, the Wolfman, Wolfman Jack. Yeah, man, this be the Wolfman right here. Would have been 70 years old, and you know when we had Maynard, when we had Maynard on, he talked about Wolfman about the Wolfman. Yeah. And you know what? When he was on the X in Mexico. Uh, they said that the signal from the X, you could start in L.A., drive to New York, you would never lose the signal because uh, American stations are 50,000 watts, Mexican stations, 250,000 watts. Yeah, all you got to do is drive around the border, and it's all... Every station, you know when you hit scan or whatever, it's like, it goes one, clink, click, click. It's like all the way through. It's they, unbelievable. But, but they said when he was on the X, it was the most powerful signal in North America. And at nighttime, you could pick it up in Russia. Wow, <laughs> man. Yeah, 250,000 watts. Well, hey, what are we at? Like 200 watts? Uh, we can be picked up in Russia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that ain't nothing, man. Wolfman was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, all you right. know, uh, speaking of Wolfman, he was famous for introducing a lot of artists. He was and, on the Midnight uh, Special. The Midnight Special, he would uh, play tunes that nobody else was playing introduced a lot of bands to the u.s and obviously mexico <laughs> maybe russia right. well there we have a local band here that i'm telling you man if if if, if the stars align right and they they hang in there and, and they they continue doing what they're doing yeah they're going to be the next big thing uh, you're right with, with no doubt in my right. mind the band's name is moto pony and the lead singer and the driving force behind it is a guy named daniel blue he came in, we had a nice visit with him, and this is what we talked about. All right, everybody, we are in the studio today with Daniel Blue from the band Moto Pony. Daniel, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. And um, Now, Daniel, you are uh, not native to the Northwest or the Tacoma area. Can you give us, uh, give us a background on yourself? I was born in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Actually, uh, Manitou is where I lived for the first like, 18, 19 months of my life, and then Grew up there, I was homeschooled, uh, and then we shipped out to the Northwest when I was 12. Lived in Bonnie Lake for a long time, and then, you know, I turned 18 and moved all over. Lived in Seattle, Oregon, you know, up and down, kind of the Northwest, and wound up finding Tacoma about six, seven years ago and plug it in. Now, you are quite connected into the artist community, and we're going to get to the band in a moment, but um, people need to understand that you are 
an all-around artist. You, uh, I know you have had a. We were you in clothing design, and you had your own um, your, your label. Is that correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. And before that, were did you go to school for that, or did you? Did no, you, you know, I barely graduated high school. I just uh, didn't didn't really belong in the classroom. I had a I had a drama teacher who actually kind of pulled me on through and made me graduate. So I mean, thanks to Mrs. Gear, <laughs> I have a high school diploma, but. Um, I just um, put my mind to things, and that's mm-hmm. you know. And, and the uh, there's a, there's a, a popular logo, uh, especially around in the Tacoma area, the two five three heart, and um, you can see that on is it on the Moto Pony website? You know, um, it's not. The, the website links directly to the MySpace right now, but you can go to two five three heart dot com or just a. Google the two five three heart and there's a Facebook and different yeah things. and it's interesting it's the two and then the 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 five and the three and the way it's placed is in a is in a heart and how did you come up with that I was actually um, I was at an artist friend's house his name's uh, Uncle Eli and he's doing really well he's in Los Angeles right now but it was Christmas and I was trying to do some graffiti thing and. You know, just was like drawing the two five three because that's kind of gangster, I guess. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Represent, yo, and then you know, and then I was looking at it, and I was like, "That's a that's a heart." That's it, you know, and it was, yeah. like had this huge like you know, it was just a happy accident, really, more than anything, and you know, and then I of course you I cleaned it up and I made it super straight and. Mm-hmm. And so, the, are do you do still do our, uh, drawing and and doodling and painting and so forth? <laughs> yeah, I, I like I said, I try to do it every day, and uh, you know, just spend a little time just training the hand. Then, if the inspiration strikes, you know, there's there's that practice there. It's ready. Now, are you still in the clothing uh, business at all? I'm trying as hard as I can not to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I thought about it a a while back, and I. Because I was doing both music and the clothing and trying to do it at the same time, and I had to ask myself, you know, what do I do? I like sewing. Mm-hmm. And the answer was no, and I never have. But I'm, it was just making money, and so Can't I was argue with that. trying to build the music up to a point where I could really let go of that and and trust that uh, I was going to be able to make a living as a musician. So now, have you always been interested in music, or was it a side product of the artistic uh, process that went through your life? You know, and I, I grew up. And my cousin, his name is Zach, and he's just an incredible guitar player and just kind of a prodigy. There's pictures of him as a baby toying with it. He's just always been attracted to it, and we really just let him have all the musical genius in the family. But he and I would write songs, and I would kind of sing along, and I I've wanted it and wanted it. You know, never never thought maybe i could do it and it was two or three years ago i picked up this nasty old guitar at a garage sale and was upset and i was you know just fighting my own demons and i thought i'd just hammer out this song and wrote this song called madman and it was like wow like i this feels good to do you know like it's I, like a this, cathartic exercise yeah it's just it's amazing and it you know and then i could remember it because i had used this guitar i had this tool that kind of like aided the memory of the song and you know, just from there, it was like no stopping. So when did the uh, when did the band Motopony uh, begin? It's what was the evolution of that? I, you know, from writing that first song, I uh, probably wrote a dozen or so, and there were a few people around town that kind of were like, 
hey, okay, well, let's get you on stage and see what happens. And I played a few shows and, you know, nosedived hardcore, broke strings on stage and ended up throwing stuff and freaking out, you know. <laughs> and through that, you know, uh, some friends of mine, the Ott, the Ott Brothers is a band, cool band, local band, Joshua Kane band. And um, it's two brothers and their dad kind of put it together and, they took me into the studio and they were like, we just want to show you the ropes, you know, and taught me how to sing in front of a mic and taught me song structure. You know, I had these huge, long, arty 12 minute pieces of junk, you know, and they helped me <laughs> narrow it down and, you know, teach you what to cut out and mm -hmm. where to put things. And this is just like a boot camp for a musician. And I, I wouldn't be where I am without, without the help of those guys. They really, they really taught me how to be a songwriter. Well, speaking of songs, let's listen to one right now. This is, Moto Pony, our guest is Daniel Blue, and let's listen to a little bit of June. song is june our guest is daniel blue from moto pony and uh we're uh, here on the northwest convergence zone we are really digging the tunes yeah that's great daniel going back to your uh um visual side uh is there anyone uh that uh you uh grew up admiring artistically uh you know as far as art history past masters people like that that you're into um i can remember Walking through the mall, I was 11 years old, and there's this, you know, poster shop, and they had this framed piece by an artist named Michael Parks, and uh, it's this little girl standing on like a castle, and she's blowing bubbles, and uh, you know, this gargoyle is like breaking loose, and he's like jumping out after the bubble, and it's just like I remember like weeping, literally, like I was just like so touched by this painting, and just like, and just thinking to myself, like, well, I mean, how in the world do you ever get to like produce? Stuff like that, you know. So, I mean, from there, you know, like, I think it opened up a whole world to me. I was raised pretty sheltered. So I began to seek, you know, and just go to the library and, like, really just trying to, like, understand creativity, understand art. So, I mean, it started with Michael Parks and, you know, grew grew from there and all, all right. over, you know. Yeah. So now the home the homeschooling. Uh, there's lots of different type of homeschooling. There's the very uh, strict, rigid, structured kind. Then there's all the, all the way to the other end where there's like no structure, almost the hippie kind. Mm. Where would you uh, where would you fall into that category with your homeschooling experience? Um, my stepdad and my mom are very different people, and so uh, when it came to English and writing and art, I was, it was super wide open. My mother was just like, "Be free. I want you to read whatever you want," you know, and but when it came to math and science and stuff like that, it was like the stuff my stepdad could teach. It was like, 
I was crying over zeros, you know. Like, and it's not something I'm super good at anyway. Obviously, like I'm not a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Well, so that's it both. It was you know. That's right. Yeah. I always say I I, I was told there would be no math. Yeah. And we always hope there is no math. Well, let's listen to another tune by the band Moto Pony. Our guest Daniel Blue. This is called Seer. So the song is Seer, our guest Daniel Blue. Uh, what can you tell us about your musical influence? Now, you, I understand you wrote all these songs. Yeah, I did. And the music to them as well? Well, I mean, I... Co- collaboration on that? I'm writing on a couple of strings on a, on a busted guitar. So uh, I, met a, I met a boy named Buddy Ross in, at a songwriter's dinner that was here locally in Tacoma, and where we, a lot of us songwriters are getting together to help each other like with lyrics and, and melodies and stuff, and... Um, he really took, you know, the root songs, the structures that I had written with, you know, two or three notes and, you know, added this instrumentation to him, added the beats and added the, the, the layers that you're hearing in the recordings are, that's truly, I was produced by Buddy Ross and, and it's very Buddy Ross, you know, he's, he's good at what he does. He knows what he's doing. And who are you inspired by? Who, who do you listen to? Well, it's all over the map, man. Um, I really, really like Neil Young. Uh, I like Bob Dylan. Uh, I like Johnny Cash. I like uh, so. I mean, you've, I've got that sort of like roots Americana country thing, you know, with the poetics. I really like Simon and Garfunkel a lot. Uh, Donovan, you know, a lot of the '70s kind of yeah. schwami, crazy sitari stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and then into like Pink Floyd. I was super into as a kid. Uh, Led Zeppelin, obviously, you know, just the obvious, the Beatles, White Albums, great album. Um, and then as far as modern music, I've been enjoying Anthony and the Johnsons a lot. Uh, I really like Dead Can Dance. I like, um, <laughs> yeah, just my tastes are yeah. voracious. Oh, no, that's really great. It, it's, you can tell it's well-rounded in the music. It's, it's represented there. Thank you. Um, speaking of, let's listen to King of Diamonds. This is Moto Pony.
So the name of the song is King of Diamonds, Daniel Blue with us. And uh, tell us where we can pick up the CD. Uh, it's on iTunes. It's on CD Baby. If you go to motoponymusic.com, it'll direct you to a, a link. Pretty, you know, it's like now on iTunes. All you have to do is press a button. It's, uh, it's all over downtown. It's uh, Rocket Records, um, Buzzards. And then we've got like a few, it's you know, downtown Tacoma. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we it's in downtown Seattle. Don't rush well. to downtown Bonnie Lake. Yeah. <laughs> Does that have a downtown? I don't know, Fort but if they, if there is Meridian. Uh, so um, the uh, where you guys play? What, what what venues have you guys been playing in? You know, we 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 got to go and play. The coolest place was at the Doug Fur in Portland, and I mean that club is. It's amazing. There's just logs everywhere, and it's in a basement, and then the sound guy knows what he's doing, and it sounds great in there, and the people that came were really cool. And there's a hotel upstairs called the Jupiter, and it's not, you know, it was it was awesome, man. It was That was super fun. And we've played in Seattle at the Comet and um, at the Sunset, and we've played here in Tacoma probably about anywhere you can. So... So as far as the uh, music scene in the Northwest and the venues, do you feel like it's it's coming up that it's that the as far as your ability to you know uh, get to places and exposure and the places you play that it's that it's upcoming? I mean, is it staying alive? It's not going down as far as live performances. I I don't know if I've been a, around a, long enough to know you know what the status quo is to tell you the truth. It it um it seems to be just the Northwest in general. It seems to support local music it's like something people want and right. I mean, people come out to shows a, a lot more so in seattle but you know there's more people there so um you know in a bigger city you're gonna have more people coming out so yeah right well the band is moto pony and lead singer and driving force the artistic uh creative force that he is daniel blue daniel thanks for coming in today thank you so much for having it's me. been a pleasure to have you and everybody go to motopony.com and uh, buy the CD. It's, it's also on... Motoponymusic.com. Motoponymusic.com. Yeah, sorry to correct you. No, that's great. We don't want them to go to some offbeat site. <laughs> and it's in rotation on KXP, right? True, right yeah. Now? Okay, they're, so. they're playing it on the college radio station and uh, out of UPS, too. Call KUPS. them up. Oh, request right. it. Let's get that thing rolling. So uh, when you have a new project coming out, uh, you got a great gig coming up, whatever, give us a call. Don't be a stranger. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much. So we want to thank Daniel for coming in. That was and great. Yeah, that was awesome. And his manager Steve, came in, Steve Nakarado, yeah. who's got some uh, hometown connections. His dad used to own the Rainiers, man. Yeah. So cool. that was very cool. Good, good I guys. hope we can get those guys back. And he mentioned something about the Swiss. And there is, on the 24th, at the Swiss in Tacoma, um, they're having a, a benefit for Haiti, the Haitian benefit. And it's, it's like a long thing, man. What? What'd you guys say? It's like three to ten, three to ten, or something like band after said. band after band, and it's everything's going to go to benefit Haiti, and uh, we're going to try to go down there. So yes. I encourage everybody who can make it head down to the Swiss Sunday, the twenty fourth. That's a week from well, from right now that we're recording, but as you listen to this through the week, it's going to be on Sunday, and go see Daniel Blue, check out Moto Pony, buy their CD, request them on the radio. These guys are great. And even Squeeze was amazed at the production value and the just the recording value of that CD. Right, and you said they're on rotation on KEXP, KEXP. and on uh, UPS's That's correct. station. Yeah, so call great. those up, uh, request those guys. Hope we can get those guys back in. So anyway, hey, it's been another great show on the Northwest Convergence Zone. And um, 
we have uh, this weekend rock before we head out of here. <laughs> That's right. So, and this is like my—I I can't believe that you're finally going to bring something in from the Floydsters. I well, my yeah, my absolute favorite band. This isn't the first time. I think I've done it before. Uh, maybe you did Sid Barrett. I apologize. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I grovel. <laughs> All right. Well, January 17th, 1980, Pink Floyd's The Wall, which this is off of. Yes, man. Title track, as they used to say back in the biz. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, this was, the, this was the single. All right. It started a 15-week run at number one on the U.S. charts. Oh, yeah. It was their third U.S. number one. Uh, went on to sell over 8 million copies. And as, like I said, opposed to... Uh, Dark Side, Side of the Moon, which sold 52 billion copies, and it's still selling, still on the charts. Yeah, it's amazing. But good stuff. Back when they, when they re-released the 20th, I think it was the 20th anniversary of the Dark Side, it went to number one again. Again, yeah. So, uh, The Wall, man. I saw this concert. I've seen Floyd. I mean, I can't, I can't even count the hours that I've spent with headphones on. Just tripping to Floyd, <laughs> you know, and I and I have recently watched that uh, video Pulse from the Beautiful. show in 1993. Yes, that's the one I was at. I'll I was tell at you, one if of you ever, shows. yeah, if you ever see that and you have not seen Pink Floyd, that will definitely make you want to go see. The only Pink problem Floyd. is Waters is not on that. Yeah, but still, a but it's great. A, oh, show. no, no, it's amazing show. And if you get the chance to just to catch Roger Waters by himself, by himself, yeah, you're not. It's a stellar show. You won't be disappointed. He plays lots of Floyd stuff. So. Anyway, thanks for bringing that in, Big Joe. We love uh, Floyd. And um, that's it, man. That's it for this show, Northwest Convergence Zone. And we want to thank our guests, the Donkey Punch Films guys. Great. And we want to thank Daniel Blue, Moto Pony, for coming in. Absolutely. And uh, we will see you guys next week, Big Joe. Got any last words? Uh, well, everyone have a good week. And if you can make it down to that show at the Swiss, maybe we'll see you there. Double D. Pleasure being here. Thank you for listening, everybody. Tell your friends. Uh, email us if you get a chance let us know you're out there we'll see you next week of the Northwest Convergence Zone. Email us at nwconvergencezone at gmail.com.